Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So here we are, the third month in of 2021, and we're riffing on the word light leader, the idea of being that light and love and inspiring yourself and others to be that. And this month, the theme, because it's G, is guide, guide. And what I mean by that is to uh, guide yourself into accessing the divine wisdom within you, that guidance that's within you, and not listening to all the different blah, blah, blahs out there, but listen to within. Listen and access that divine guidance within you. And then as a light leader, you can begin to guide people around you into being more kind, more loving, more light. And that's part of the inspiration from last month. So guide, are you a guide? I would say, yeah. And are you a light leader? I would say, uh-huh. So that's our theme for this month, guide. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter so you can be in the know about how to live an empowered life. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Oh, uh, before we dive into this juicy, oh, I'm hearing expansive and deep conversation with my guest, um, I want to remind everybody, we have upcoming, well, we have an upcoming retreat, uh, Live Your Empowered Life Healing Retreat. It's in April. To find out more about, about it, go to my website, susanburrell.com, sign up for the newsletter so you get all our info, or even better, go to Live Your Empowered Life Facebook group and join us because all the information is in there. And I'm teaching um, several this year, 2021, Are You a Light Leader workshops. Um, and there's a one I just completed. There's a two that I'm formatting and we are just going to continue to uh, promote those, teach those throughout the year because I know, uh, and I was just sharing with my guest, I know that there are many, many, many of you listening who are light leaders and just don't know it yet. So are you a light leader workshops? If you join the Facebook group or get the newsletter, you will absolutely know when they're happening. And uh, yeah, so I'm just going to send you a lot of light and love. So today I have an author who just launched a book. Uh, I, I don't know how many books, but we'll ask her. Um, and this book is so timely. I am so blessed to be able to talk with her around the time of this launch. So the book is called, I'm going to tap on the book first. The book is called How to Heal Yourself from Depression When No One Else Can. I'm raising my hand. A self-guided program to stop feeling like, well, and she's got some stars and exclamation points, but I'm just going to say stop feeling like shit. I want to welcome Amy Cher. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to hear about this book. Um, and I can tell you, and you, you know this, I've got several people I would send this book to right now. I have a couple of clients that because of everything that's happened in the last year and the ongoing, I'm just going to say Michigosh, uh, it's necessary. So I, I, I want to applaud you writing this and getting this out there already. Thank you. And the the interesting thing is this book came about before this last year and a half. I was done. I was almost done writing this book by the time, you know, the world plunged into a new, a new, a new era, really. And so I couldn't be more grateful for the the timing of it actually coming out when so many people need it more than ever. Yeah, and isn't that amazing how the how the universe or whatever we want to call it I love it orchestrates yeah. our work. So Amy, everybody, Amy is a, a writer, a teacher, a mentor. She's a healer. And I, so Amy, I want to talk about the healing because this book has healing components in it, yes? Yes. So let's talk about what led you to recognize that you were a healer. So I think like many people who who recognize they have some healing capabilities, which I think we all have, or they have a desire to follow a healing path. For me, I always was drawn to helping people. And I was always drawn to understanding people at a deep level, even sometimes when I consciously wasn't tuned into that. I always, um, it was just a helper, even as a kid in the world, mm -hmm. I would see what needed to be done or what people looked like they were suffering. And, and that was actually pretty heavy as a kid. But as I got older, I realized that, and, and my own healing path led, really led me here to helping others. But I realized that working with others to help them heal themselves was a healthy way to channel the healer inside of me. And I would say that I'm the type of healer, my, my intention as a healer, my job as a healer is to help other people heal themselves. I do not try or I do not do any hands-on healing. I do not have any interest in healing anybody else. My, the, the part of being a healer that I really embodied is to teach other people this work so that they can do it for themselves. I love that because, um, as an intuitive healer and myself, I spent the the first half of my um, coaching, teaching, healing life um, doing the work for people. Yes. Yes. And it's an easy trap as healers and intuitives to fall into because you're so wide open and and yet what I've I've learned, you know, in all my bumps and grinds of life is that that's, that doesn't serve anyone when we are their um, Sherpa, right? We're yes, hearing yeah. their stuff. Yes. I definitely think it's not for the highest good of, of the healer in however sense you interpret that word and those seeking healing. Mm. Because when you're seeking healing in a way that you're looking for a healer, you're always seeking healing. But when you embody being your own healer and you have support in doing that, you are in the state of healing versus always looking for the healing. And I think there's a- Oh, I love that. There's a support to the body that can't happen any other way. Yes. Uh, you know, a lot of um, a lot of people will- 
come to me and I'm sure you've had this experience and they want you right to give them the magic pill, right. To do the healing for them. And, and oftentimes I think that's the misdirection or misguidance when, uh, people, or at least it used to be, Oh, in the seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, I found a guru there, you yes. know, I'm working with this. It was, so they wanted somebody else. So that was doing the deep work that they could piggyback on. And this time frame now that the, the, I believe, Amy, and I want to hear what you think. I think this time frame right now that we're in with all the new information that's downloading uh, into everyone, whether they're consciously aware of it or not, is not is exactly what you're talking about, about being in the state of healing and understanding how to heal yourself so you can have the life you've always wanted. Yes, I agree. And I think there's no blame in humans wanting other people to heal them, right? I would choose that because that feels easier. If that, oh, if, yeah. I, if I thought it worked, <laughs> if I thought it worked and if it was possible and if it was all the same, I would totally just go to a healer and, and call it a day, right? And then mm -hmm. do whatever I wanted the rest of the day. But I just don't think that, I just don't think it's, it, it creates sustainable health or happiness. I just don't think it's sustainable to always be in a seeking a seeking place. I think that when we bring the tools and the and the healing within us, that's when we create lasting change. I think there's a real difference. And then we can actually stop seeking because we are in a state of of being and doing what we need to do to get to to the place or the space where we want for our well-being. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. And and so when how do you do that, Amy? How do you when you're working with clients, how do you uh, support them in learning? So I have this is to answer your question from earlier. This is my fourth book, the third in the How to Heal Yourself series. So I I always and I always have taken the the stance that you can heal yourself better than I could. And you should, because there are parts of healing, whether it's from depression, chronic illness, anxiety, whatever it may be, that only you can do, only you can access certain parts of you. And so I have always taught people the tools that I used to heal myself so they can use them for themselves. I am not, like I said, I'm not a hands-on healer. Um, none of my techniques require anyone else to do hands-on healing. And that's mm -hmm. why the title is how to heal yourself, because all of the tools are allow you to release emotional baggage and stuck energy from your own body. And I think there's nothing more empowering than that. And I actually think even though it feels like the long way to have to like learn some stuff yourself and figure it out and not go to, you know, instead versus going to a healer and having the work done, it's actually, I find a quicker, more effective way because you are getting to parts of you that no one else could get to. Yes, I, I I hear that and I agree with that from my own personal experience. And I've been on this roller coaster of healing. I call it a roller coaster because sometimes it's really fun and sometimes it's boy. Yeah, yeah. Right? I always say that. I always say it's such an healing, such an interesting process. It's just more interesting when it's happening to someone else. It's just more entertaining <laughs> when you're when you're helping someone else. When it's you, it's like not as fascinating because it's annoying, right? We don't feel good. We're stuck. Or it's a whole thing. Um, but it is. It is. It is. It can be a roller coaster for sure. Yeah. So, 
so you said uh, the, these tools that you are laying out for people in this series of how to heal yourself books is uh, comes from tools that you utilized and used for yourself for your own inner healing. Yes, yes. So in early 2000, which now seems like forever ago, I guess it was in the scheme of things, um, yeah. I, started, I started having symptoms that later turned out in turned into a debilitating chronic illness that had me bedridden in my twenties. It turned out that I had chronic Lyme disease. So Ooh, a lot of people are showing up with that right now. Uh-huh. And I know you and mm-hmm. I, Susan, have a, a connection to, um, to Ojai. And that's actually where I was bit bitten by a tick unknowingly. Um, I still mm-hmm. love, I still love the place, but it's very outdoorsy. And, and I was hiking and not paying attention. And, um, and that, that, really was a very long journey, a decade long healing journey for me to recover from. I had brain lesions. I had nerve damage. The Lyme disease went undetected. Um, I had some false negative tests. It's a, it's a very long story and the actual details of the story don't matter so much. What matters is that I became, I came to a pivotal point in my journey when I realized that no physical illness is completely physical. It may be showing up in the physical body and it may have certainly been instigated or triggered by a physical, you know, a tick bite, a virus, a bacteria, a whatever, you know, whatever, um, not denying the physical aspect, but there was so much more inside of me that led me to be vulnerable to this thing, this illness taking over my body for a decade. And when I looked when I was forced to, I'm not going to act like a hero. Like I was so evolved that I decided to look at the turn inward. <laughs> but, when, but when nothing, when, when, when nothing else worked and I had been all over the United States and actually went to India for an experimental transplant when nothing, when nothing worked to really truly heal me permanently and completely, I decided that there was nothing left to do by default than to look at my emotional landscape and to look at my pattern, the patterns in my life and to look at how I was living. And when I did that and discovered some of these tools that are in the book and some of these tools that are in the book that I created to, mm-hmm. to let go of emotional baggage, to change patterns that weren't working, to learn to have boundaries in my life, to learn to say no, to stop being such a perfectionist, to let go of old traumas, all of these things. When I did that, that was the turning point that led me to complete and permanent healing because I was doing the part that no medicine was able to reach. And those parts that I just talked about have a direct influence on the physical body, whether we like to admit it or not. (laughs) Right. And it's amazing that you were, I want to say arrested, Amy, in in your twenties and, and went through the, the, the decade long journey. So you could find your own healing. Uh, to me, that's a young age to go through all that. And, and, and yeah, and you, and I can imagine you were missing out on quite a few of the experiences that 20 somethings do, but, um, I'm, I want to say that the, uh, physical expression, I'm just going to say it again for any listeners or who are just tuning in for the first time to any kind of conversation about healing, the physical expression, it, like Amy just described on her journey, going back to 
the root cause, right? It, the physical expression of a dis-ease in any body, even though it seems like it was a, a tick that bit you, or in my case, I became diabetic in my early 30s, you know, it, it is because we're not addressing the inner issues that we've been ignoring, right? We, we ignore the, I, I know for me, there was a constant like tapping on my shoulder of, hey, you better pay attention to this. And I was like, what are you talking about? Now, 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 now. And then I became, uh, you know, absolutely insulin dependent. So, mm. um, so I think that the if there's anybody not to not to say your disease, your physical experience is not relevant or it's superficial, no. But when we get to that actual physical expression, it's a signal that we have been ignoring so much for so long. And then digging deep and going back to the root causes can release all of that disease. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for saying that because I have been on shows before where the host or the the topic of conversation revolves around sort of putting the physical out of our mind and ignoring the physical. And I love that you acknowledge that there is an actual physical, we experience something in our physical body. It's there. It's a thing. We, We can't, we can't ignore it or, you know, um, we need to acknowledge all parts of illness. And when it manifests in the physical body, it's still happening on a really physical level that, that we need to acknowledge because we suffer on a physical level. But there are things that happen before the physical illness, which is exactly what you're saying, Susan, that that lead up to, I, I call it sort of the breakdown of the body. Because now mm. it's been in the last... I don't know, I would say the last really 10 years that even mainstream medicine is sort of acknowledging widely that stress breaks down the immune system and the nervous system. And what happens when that happens? All of the body systems are involved. So I think we can, we can, we can have both things. We can have a physical experience or experience a physical illness and acknowledge that it's showing up in the physical body and not discount what comes with that, but also look deeper at where, where the, the, the rumblings that came before the symptoms might Mm. be located. And I think it's all relevant. It's relevant to look at all of it. And the mistake that I made in my healing in the beginning was looking at it in a purely physical way. I'm a total science geek. Like I loved pouring over my lab tests and looking at my scans and trying to figure everything out that way. But guess what? That way didn't do it. And it wasn't until I looked at the more emotional, my emotional landscape that I was really able to shift something significantly. I I so hear that. I um, Having, like I said, I notice that physical discomfort or dis-ease is the thing that grabs our attention. Yes. You know, we we are we don't quite listen or choose to hear what's being whispered to us from our inner wisdom, our heart. And we will ignore that, but when it becomes physical, then it takes all your attention. And I just want to say this out loud too, Amy, for everybody, uh, having just gone through a, 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 an experience of something in my body grabbing all my attention. I finally got in meditation that that is not where my focus needs to be, mm. right? On how do I heal this physical experience? I needed to go deeper, dig deeper to the root cause so that 
once I dug up that root, that, like you said earlier, the emotional stuckness, the emotional shift, uh, once I could dig that up, then the, the physical experience softened and eventually released. But when I was for four, five, six months, I don't know, focusing on the physical and then making up stories about the physical, I couldn't get any relief. Yeah. So this is, this is what healing actually is for everybody. And, and I think that I want everybody, the listeners to know what, what Amy's talking about is that there is more than one body. We have a physical body that we experience life through as we walk on this planet, but we also have a mental body, an emotional body, a spiritual body. And I think we are beginning to be educated uh, that we might even have other systems that are in other dimensions. Okay, that's weird. I know. But to, to look at your healing from within as the whole Megillah, the whole component, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, then that's where I believe sustainable healing occurs. Yes. Is that right? Absolutely. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. And I think, I think it is a practice in, in acknowledging all the parts of us without denying that any one of them does, doesn't exist, matters more than the other. It's not about that. And I tell people also, for anybody new to this conversation, it's not about blaming. It's not about I did this or I didn't do this. And that's why I have a physical this. I was really caught up in the very beginning when I started looking at how thoughts and beliefs and emotions affect our body about, I was really like, I really dug my heels in about like, no, this is not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. And then at some point I just kind of threw my hands up and went, I don't think defending myself in this situation is serving. Like what, like, it isn't my fault, but what if it was like, who cares? Right? Like if I participated in this, who cares? That's actually kind of cool because that means I can participate in the solution. And, and it's not, we don't come to this from a feeling of self blame. Like we have emotions that are stuck or we didn't deal with X, Y, and Z. It's just another way of looking at it. And it's, it's neutral. It doesn't, it's not good. It's not bad. It just is more information that can help us feel better. And that's what we're all looking for. Right? Oh yes, oh yes, and I, and I think the human um, default is to find someone to blame first. Yes, and and certainly, I know in my experience it was myself. Right, I'm blaming myself for blah 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 blah, which whatever my st- current story was at the time, um, and or I'm blaming that person over there, and and like you just explained, Amy, it the healing happens when we can come to a centered uh, feeling of being neutral so we can observe what it is we're supposed to uncover and pay attention to so it can be released. Yes. Yes. And it's not like, like I say, it's not good. It's not bad. It's not, it's not nothing. It's just what it is. And if we can be lighter about what's there, we can feel better faster because we add so much stuff onto the stuff. There's stuff stuff that we discover and then we add our own judgments and thoughts and emotions onto that stuff. And then we have double the stuff to deal with. So I just try to take the, the approach of feeling like whatever, whatever's there, I'll be curious about it. And that's it. And that's it. I don't need to start analyzing the stuff of the stuff of the stuff. 
Yeah. So, so I have a sense that being curious is part of what your new book is, uh, how yeah. to heal yourself from depression when no one else can. So can you share some of that about the book? Sure. So the book again is the third in, in a series. And this one really is about, I, I always knew there were going to be three books in the series. So this is, I think the last book in the series, but I always knew there were going to be three. And it, this title just came to me a couple of years ago. And I probably at some level sensed it was going to be needed in a way that I didn't understand. Mm. But this book is all about what to look at when if and when you are feeling depressed, and I believe that depression happens on a spectrum, it can look like not getting out of bed, or it can look like feeling just lost in life, or just feeling blue or blah, or whatever it may be. But the way that I see depression is the literal depression of self. Depressed, the, the definition of depressed means to push down. And I feel that when mm. we are depressed, we are, our spirits are pushed down, are depressed, literally depressed. And in my experience, depression happens when we lose the tether to our own core, when we lose the connection or are cut off from the connection to ourselves. And there are many reasons why that happens. But one of the major ones is that we just get buried by life, the trauma, the pressures we put on ourselves, the beliefs that we have about who we should be and how we should do it. The, um, the emotional stuff that becomes too overwhelming can cause us to really lose the connection with ourselves. And so this book is all about using simple tools and techniques to release emotional baggage to free ourselves, to remove the burden that we've been buried under and let our true selves come back into connection with who we are. Oh my God. I just feel so much better hearing you say that. <laughs> I, I do. I have to say, it's like, oh, good. It's almost yes. like putting a cozy blanket around my shoulders and saying, it's all going to be okay. Yes, yes. And it, in this book, all of my books are self-guided programs, but this book is almost like a workshop in a book. It leads you through step-by-step, step, read this, tap here on the body, say this. Like it's very, very, very how-to, which I wanted for this book more, even more so than the other books because when we're depressed, we sometimes feel so stuck that we can't do anything. And this book allows you to take a tiny, I call them micro movements in the book, a tiny micro movement or AKA baby step at a time to help you inch your way toward happiness and contentment versus trying to go from feeling like shit to feeling great, which just won't work probably. No, exactly. So can you um, share with us one uh, one exercise or one example in the book that yeah. helps to relieve depression. Absolutely. So one of the challenges of depression is that a person is typically stuck in what we call fight, flight, or freeze. Oh yeah. Is, I'm raising my hand. Yes. I think a me, lot of, a lot of us double raise. Yes. yes. And especially yes. races last year, it's like we could double raise our hands. Yep. So what happens when the body is stuck in fight, flight, or freeze is it's very hard to feel good because we are in emergency mode. I call it freak out mode, but <laughs> our bodies feel like they are in danger. And when our bodies feel like are in, they are in danger, we 
we at a deep level and subconsciously put everything on the back burner. We feel like nothing, um, no change is good change, even if it is good change, even if we're trying to exercise, we're trying to eat right. Our oh, bodies yeah. are literally so overwhelmed in this state that we can't inch our way forward because we are spinning our wheels to survive. And that's really what fight, flight, or freeze mode is. So there's a technique that I teach in the book and I'll teach, I'll teach here a very short version of it that everyone will remember and be able to use, which is called alternate temple tapping, which is just like it sounds and tapping alternately on the temples with your fingertips. I'm going to walk you through it in just a second. But the reason that it works is because there is there are acupoints and energy pathways in the body. Everybody's body has, has an energy system. We know this from, from ancient healing modalities like Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine. And, and, and the, the energy pathway that governs the fight, flight, or freeze mechanism in your body runs through the temples and down the sides of your head and down the sides of your neck. So this exercise of tapping on the temples actually calms the fight, flight, or freeze response to help your body come out of emergency mode and into a calmer place where you can think, you can feel your way through things, you can just chill out for a few minutes. And the more you do this, the more it actually trains your body to stay in a state of calm versus freak out. We're going to tap alternately on the temples because we are going to engage something called bilateral stimulation. And when we do that, it helps the brain to integrate the healing. So all you're going to do is put your right fingertips on your right temples, your left fingertips on your left temples, and you are going to just briefly tune into the stress that you're feeling. The reason we're going to tune into the stress we're feeling is because we want it to be present and come out up so that we're when we tap we tap to calm the body in relationship to the stress we're feeling now people get really nervous and say i don't want to i don't want to think about it because i don't want it to be there and i say oh wow do i have a wake up call for you it's already there that's why you feel like shit bringing it up <laughs> bringing it up is only going to help us release it if you think absolutely you yeah if you think you're tricking your body when you say i'm going to ignore my stress so it won't be there no the way to get <laughs> really to acknowledge it and process it so go ahead and just tune in very briefly to whatever stress you're feeling Notice where you feel it in your body. Don't obsess or analyze it. Obsess over it or analyze it. And then just start tapping. Left, right, left, right, left, right. Whatever pace you want. And just tap. I'm going to leave you here to tap for just maybe 30 seconds. And this is all you do. Tap once on the left, once on the right. Once on the left, once on the right. Left, right, left, right, left, right. And what you're doing now is you're training your body to release stress in relationship to what you're thinking about or feeling right now. You're calming your body's stress response. Go ahead and keep doing it. And this is a shortened version of a technique that I share in the book called alternate temple tapping. It's something you can do anytime you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed to get to the next place where you can just get a tiny bit of relief to think about or feel into what you can do to feel better. Go ahead and do it a little more. And as you come to a close, and you can do this for several minutes at a time, I'm just giving you a little taster. Take a couple of big deep breaths and just imagine releasing all the stress in your body, totally out of your energy field. 
and shake off your hands if you want to. Sometimes I like to do that. And even just, well, I don't know what we did it for 45 seconds or something, but even that alone can start to sh shift your stress response. And through the book, I teach you how to use that technique to release specific traumas from the past, beliefs from your system and stresses. But that's something you can do also in the minute when you're feeling stressed, just do that alternate temple tapping for a minute or two and just let your body reset itself. Easy. Easy. Oh my goodness. All my stuff is easy because I have such little patience for anything that's not easy <laughs> or that takes a long time that I really have to make it easy. <laughs> I, I love it. I was doing it, Amy. And I, and I got to tell you that, like I said, I was raising my hand for that whole uh, stress. Oh my God. Yeah. I am going to use that all the time because Good. I- I find um, sometimes I'm I'm currently traveling with my spouse, and when I we go to new areas, my stress level goes up. So I yeah. can do that. That's an easy peasy. You can thing. do that in the car. You can do that in front of the TV. You can do it whenever. It's so easy. It is really, really so easy. I teach it to kids. I work with people in hospitals using that. Just it's so easy. Remembering and to do it is the hardest thing. You might need to put a sticky note on your computer somewhere, but remembering to do, use these tools is the hardest part, but using them is easy. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, I feel like you just gave me personally a gift because I, I use EFT often, yes. um, which is a tapping modality, everybody. But, um, but this is, this goes straight to the anxiety and the stress. Yes. And I do teach what I call the the easy Amy version of EFT in the book, but this is a technique I created that I sometimes feel like works faster than EFT, especially when you're in fight, flight, or freeze, when that's the energy you're feeling, that anxiety, that stress, that panic, this one will typically work faster. So it calms you down. Now I have a question, Amy, because you, you're alternating left and right. I was, um, I was seeing, I, I work with the infinity sign in, in mm. the brain mass, you know, yes. to help rewire, uh, uh, neurosynapses. Yeah. And I was seeing that and I was like, oh, this is why it makes total sense. Yeah. Rewiring my synapses. Yes. And it's the left, the right, the left. It's that bilateral sort of stimulation that helps. And actually it, that is really interesting because it's, it is engaging left brain, right brain. So that's probably what you were feeling or what you were seeing while yeah, you yeah. were doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, years ago, after my son was born, I immediately went into postpartum depression. Mm, and I that, covered that in the book. Yes. Yes. That a lot of doctors did not, of course, my son was born in 94. So the doctors I was going to was like, well, here's the pill. No. Mm -hmm. Here's the depression pill. And I, I didn't want the depression pill. I wanted not to be depressed. Right. And, uh, and I finally found someone who helped me kind of rewire with, um, oh my God, brain math or brain where you're, you, where oh, you yes. those cross crawls, right? And yes. I, I lost, my brain dumped all my ability to do math in my head. I still can't. It, it dumped a bunch of vocabulary. Um, and what I found out is that those neural synapses, the connection had dried up. So mm. doing cross crawls or this tapping on yes. either side, left, right, juices up those synapses, I would imagine, so they can reconnect on a healthy level. Yes, absolutely. And that that those cross crawls, um, Donna Eden teaches those. Um, she's she's 
an energy medicine pioneer and a book called author of a book called energy medicine. That's fantastic. And she really teaches that you need that to come out of this place where you're just stuck. And so I do a lot of my techniques are, are, um, those that help you come out of fight, flight, or freeze, or out of being, um, what does she call it? You're uncrossed basically because your DNA and every, and your energy, everything crosses over in your body. Everything is the figure eight basically. And when you lose that, you aren't having, you aren't having the full experience that you should in terms of your brain and body function. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. Because that, that, yeah, that's a gift. I'm using it with my clients, Amy. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. So, okay. Where, where can people go to get your book, How to Heal Yourself from Depression When No One Else Can? So where, you know, it's sold where all books are sold, Amazon, but they can also go to my website and just look there. It's amybshare.com. I also have, um, you know, I have free YouTube videos. I have cool stuff on my website. So for those that may not be ready to jump into a book, um, I have lots of, lots of, things out there to help people. But the book is really like a workshop in a book. It's really comprehensive. And I will tell you exactly what to do on every single page. So if that's the kind of support and guidance you like, the book is everywhere out now. So I just want to tell everybody uh, that doing a book that is a workshop is more uh, supportive for you, you to heal. Like Amy was talking about earlier, you can heal yourself. You don't need necessarily to work with someone ongoing in order to heal. And, and so this book, this workbook that Amy's created sounds fabulous for you to do that for yourself. And then Amy, do you see clients? I don't see clients so much anymore, but I teach classes. I teach very low cost classes every month, group classes. You can be on camera or off. It doesn't matter for the people participating. I do 90 minute classes every month where I walk people through tons of different techniques and clearings on different topics. So if anybody goes onto my website, they'll see those too. Fabulous. So fabulous. Thank you, Amy, for joining me today. I uh, thank you for sharing what you've done. And, and I want to say it's clearly tried and true because you healed yourself from this decade long debilitating experience of Lyme disease. So. Yes. And now thousands and thousands of others have used this work as well. My books are translated into 16 languages. This work is all over the world now. And so it wasn't, it, it started with me, but it, but since then it's been many years of others healing themselves too, which is extra, extra cool. Yeah, very cool. I want to say yay and woohoo. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much. And thank you for having me here. This was such a delight. So Amy, I, I just want to acknowledge and thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. And because it's internationally uh, experienced, that is exactly what humanity needs right now. So thank you for being one of those light leaders. Thank you. And the same to you. Thank you so much. Okay. And so I'm just going to end with, and so it is. Namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website. And just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and
You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.